0: Hello, everyone. This is Craig Valentine from com and TTFatLoss.com. I want to wish everyone a happy Halloween as it is the big holiday here in North America this weekend for the kitties and they get to go out and have candy. And we're going to talk about that in a second, what you need to do to get the junk out of your house. But first, I just want to say I'm back from a pretty interesting weekend down in Arizona where I was learning how to shoot pistols and driving cars. I was doing these... Uh, Turns they call bootlegger turns and J turns, where you the J turn is where you go really, really fast in reverse and you crank on the steering wheel and turn it right around. And then that was pretty cool. And then we did these bootlegger turns, which is where you kind of, well, you're just going straight, and you use the emergency brake to whip your car around. So I learned how to do that. I won't be doing it in the old Maxima. Uh, really ruins the tires, but it was awesome experience, and I was hanging out with New York Times bestseller Tim Ferriss, author of The 4-Hour Work Week and the upcoming 4-Hour Body. In The 4-Hour Body, he put himself through all these experiments, including stem cell um, implants and uh, training and other health and other fitness and all sorts of stuff that, uh, he's going to cover in that book. And I'm going to be interviewing him soon about the book, about some of the coolest stuff that's in there. So make sure you listen to the, the podcasts and, and check out the Terminal Training Facebook page and you'll find out all about that. This week we got lots of great research and some cool fitness tests from the Men's Health website, or magazine, sorry, from Men's Health Magazine and the November issue. And we're going to talk about those and how to train for those. Plus, this week I'll be announcing the finalists for the six-week Turbulence Training Transformation Contest, part of contest number nine. So people that are in the ninth TT contest is a 12-week and a six-week contest, and you can enter both of them. And the deadline for the first six-week contest is Saturday, October 30th, in case you get a chance to listen to this in advance. So make sure you get your entries in. And I don't want a big give a big congratulations to everyone who is finishing up. Very, very proud of what you've accomplished so far. All right, now back to the Halloween candy. For those of you who celebrate it here, and mostly in North America, I don't know if they do in the UK and Australia, but you're going to end up probably with some unspoken-for candy in your homes, whether you're giving it away and you didn't give it all away, or whether your kid has some that's tempting you, or whatever. The big thing is we're going to, give you three solutions to overcome the candy that's in your house and two of them are radical approaches well actually all three of them are radical approaches the first one is simple just throw it all out if you don't have a need for it you don't have anyone to give it to just throw it in the garbage it's called junk food for a reason and you shouldn't feel guilty about getting that junk out of your house second you can give it away but i mean even knowing how bad it is for people you really shouldn't give that stuff to anyone but you could if you want to give it away and three, the final one is, even if you want to eat some, here's the deal. For every piece of candy you eat, toss another equal, equally good piece of candy in the garbage. Now, make sure that you use the equal or better than rule because you could eat a peanut butter cup and toss one of those candy kisses in the garbage. That's not an equal trade-off. So if you're going to eat a peanut butter cup as a treat, make sure you throw a peanut butter cup out. All right, and uh, assuming you aren't a garbage eater like George Costanza from Seinfeld, everything's going to work out fine with that little system. It'll work out better than you eating everything anyways. All right, so that's it for our Halloween roundup. Now let's move into this week's terminal training exercise, nutrition, and motivation tips. And we're starting off a new month, so happy November to everyone. We're going to start off with the transformation tip of the week and it's a classic. You've probably heard this before. I remember the first time I ever saw this phrase. It was on a rugby t-shirt um, from one of the guys back at school. And it basically is you can either choose the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. It really is your choice. And once you choose, you can't complain about what you've chosen. So if you decide that discipline's too hard and you're going to eat all that candy, you can't complain about it because you've made that choice. It's your decision, and you have to accept the responsibility for it. On the other hand, if you throw candy out, no complaining about that either. you made the right decision. Pain of discipline is going to get you the results. All right? Now get out there. Do your best. Get the best results in your workouts. I also want to add Kekic Credo number 58, which is you're responsible for exactly who, what, and where you are in life. This will be just as true the same time next year. Situations aren't important. How you react to them is. Okay? So... You know, if you're like me, you've been around the uh, calendar 35 or so times. Maybe you've been around more. Maybe you've been around a few less. But you know how things operate by now. You know how October goes. You know how November goes. You know how December goes. Especially for those of us in North America, we know it's coming up. It's not a surprise that there's the Thanksgiving feast, the candy at Halloween, and then all the Christmas parties. So we must be responsible for the decisions we make and go back. And choose between the pain of discipline and the pain of regret. Alright, so let's move into some workout stuff now. Get off uh, my soapbox here and, and get into the men's health fitness challenges that I read about on page 150 of the November 2010 issue of Men's fit- Health. So they gave some pretty impressive challenges. I mean, some of these to me are easy, some of them to me are hard. And they basically were saying, you're your men's health fit if you can do these challenges. The first one I want to mention is chin-ups. They said if you can do 10 chin-ups, you're men's health fit. That for me is relatively easy. I could probably do 13, 14, maybe even 15. I haven't done them in a while, but I could pull out that many chin-ups if I had to. So I can easily pass that one. The next one is actually quite hard. They got this from a guy named Martin Rooney who I've talked about with some tests that he's mentioned already in men's health past issues and the push-up test is shoulder width, so your hands are under your shoulders, and you have to do a one-second pause at the bottom of each push-up. And if you want to be men's health fit, at the top level of men's health fitness, you have to do 45 or more. Now, to be honest, I don't think I'm going to get that. I haven't tried it in a while. got a little bit of an irritated left shoulder. But I don't know if I'd be able to pull that off. So I would be either in the good or above average category, but not in the men's health excellent fitness level for the push-ups. Chin-ups are easy for me, but not the push-ups. Now, how do you improve your scores on that? Well, quite frankly, anytime you get a bodyweight exercise, the easiest way to improve your score is to lose excess weight. So if you weigh 210 pounds and you're my height, 5'8 or 5'9, and a lot of that is body fat, even if we have the same strength levels, I'm going to crush you in those exercises because you are overweight and you have that dead weight. So unless it's muscle or your essential amount of body fat, fat does you no good when it comes to bodyweight exercises. You also need to practice the event. So if you're great at doing push-ups really, really fast, you're going to need to practice with that pause before you do the test. For the chin-ups, essentially you just need to get stronger, you need to improve your grip strength, you need to practice the movement, And if you aren't able to do any right now, you may want to concentrate on the eccentric motion. So doing a three to five second lowering phase to get started, doing five repetitions, doing one to two sets in your first workout because the eccentric motion can cause soreness. That's where you'll start if you can't do any chin-ups. And on the blog, I'll refer you to some other good articles on the internet for chin-ups, for improving. There's lots of videos. Uh, People use the bands for assistance. You can find tons of stuff on YouTube, and on Google to find out how to increase your chin-ups if your main concern is strength and not losing fat. All right, now Tuesday, let's get into our research study, and we're going to take a look at a study from the Journal of the American Medical Association that took a look at the effect of a free prepared meal and incentivized weight loss program on weight loss and weight maintenance in obese and overweight women. So that's a whole bunch of words for saying they studied the effectiveness of a commercial weight loss program. And this was in a very, very prestigious journal called the Journal of the American Medical Association, so it's very difficult to get your studies published in there. But this group looked at 442 overweight or obese women, average age of 44, but they ranged from 18 to 69, in a two-year weight loss study. And in one group, they gave them in-person one-to-one weight loss counseling. In another group, they gave them telephone-based one-to-one weight loss counseling. And then a third group, a control group, received only two individual weight loss counseling sessions. And they were contacted monthly, but the other ones were contacted more frequently. And so what they found was, pretty impressively, 407 people, uh, 407 women, that's over 92% of the study participants finished the program. Now, you may remember in some of the past research studies I've talked about, we see dropouts of up to 40% in some of the other studies. So this one was very impressive, possibly due to the social support and accountability. And the results reflected that as well. The in-person center lost 7.4 kilograms, so you're looking at over 15 pounds, almost 16, maybe even over 16 pounds of their initial weight. The telephone group lost almost the same amount. They lost 6.2 kilograms, so over 13 pounds, about 13 and a half pounds. And the control group lost only 2 kilograms, so 5 pounds. And that's over a two-year period. So, you know, obviously a lot of people listening to this call want to lose more than 15 pounds over two years. But a lot of people also are listening who only want to lose 10 pounds. And so what this really shows us is that compared with usual care, which is just – you know, a little bit of information at the start and then randomly contacting people. A much more structured, in-person, social support and accountability-supported program gives you greater weight loss. So you want to have your friends helping you. You want to be accountable to a professional. And that is what's going to help you get results long-term, lasting, and maintaining those results over time. And so, obviously, I highly recommend the Turbulence Training Membership site, where you get support from everyone all over the world, and you also get the professional accountability to me, Craig Valentine. So whatever you're doing, if you don't have a trainer, get one in person, get one online, get a social support group. said this a million times, but we continue to prove it with research that it's so important. Into Wednesday, we're going to take a look at workout tip Wednesday. And so one little tip I have and have posted for many people is that At this time of year, you're getting very busy, and so you might want to consider moving your program from three days to two days per week, and you can do this with the depletion-style workouts. So in this case, you're going to want to do more circuit training. You want to um, reduce the amount of uh, rest in between sets. You may have to reduce the amount of weight resistance that you use or use easier bodyweight exercises. So instead of using a single-leg squat, you might use a reverse lunge. But by reducing the rest, you can cram more exercise in to a short amount of time. And the pre-done terminal strain depletion programs, we have the dumbbell depletion, which uses dumbbell exercises, and we have uh, the original terminal strain depletion, which uses both dumbbell and, and uh, bodyweight exercises, allow you to get really great workouts in just 20 minutes. So you can modify current workouts by reducing rest or use those done-for-you workouts already. Now, the Men's Health Fitness Challenge, this one would have been more popular had they done a vertical jump, but they recommended a standing broad jump, so a two-foot standing broad jump. If you can jump over eight feet, that's Men's Health Fit. I haven't tried this one myself. It's been a while since I've done a broad jump, but I do a lot of vertical jump training, and I would say that I'll be very, very close to achieving this Men's Health Fitness Excellence level. Now, if you can jump really high, you can obviously jump very far, and, uh, you know, to be honest with you, if you take a look at a lot of the NFL combine results, almost all the time the fastest guy is the guy who jumps the furthest. I mean, really, those guys can pretty much do just one test, a vertical jump, and it will tell you who the best athlete is because you can't jump high without being able to run fast. And generally you're going to be very agile as well because you're being very explosive for your body weight. So that's what the jump itself, I mean, if you were picking teams for your basketball game, Everyone had the same skill level. Just ask everyone to jump the furthest, and you're going to find out who's fastest and most powerful. Now, if you want to improve your uh, performance there, you're going to want to practice your technique. So one thing that simply makes people jump better is jumping, is practicing the skill of jumping. You're also going to want to get stronger. So regular squats, you don't have to do a ton of exercises, but just getting your lower body stronger. And, again, this squat is a very basic exercise. probably going to give you the most results for the least amount of time. As I mentioned, you're going to want to do some jumping, but don't overdo it. You don't want to go out and do 60 repetitions of jumps. Your Achilles tendon, especially at people around my age, Achilles tendons might be a problem. Knees might be a problem. You know, my knees are great. They've held up very well over jumping and squatting, but I do have Achilles tendon problem. And you want to jump in the right shoes and on the right surface, so no jumping on concrete, because you want to make sure you're landing softly, and so make sure that you don't hurt yourself that way. And then also, you want to do a big warm-up before you do any jump training. And that would include one or two sets of light squats or light deadlifts. Just doing a little bit of strength training, I would say about 30 to 50% of your one-rep max, can help increase your jump in the short term. It's quite interesting because it warms up your nervous system. Next up, we're going to do 30 minutes of fun activity on Thursday. And I'm introducing a new feature called Personal Training Thursday, Personal Trainer Thursday. So on this day... We're going to move our Facebook question to Fridays, so well, Facebook Fridays and Personal Training Thursdays where I give trainers out there important tips, what not to do, what to do, that type of stuff, to help your clients and also help build your business. And the first one I want to give you is actually it applies to everyone, which is great. It's simply one of the most effective things that you can do in your life to get more done, and it's this. Get one important thing done early in the day before you get sucked into email or phones or sales meetings before you get sucked into other work because you'll probably get more done in 30 minutes than you could in two hours later in the day. So get that one important thing done early in the day before you get sucked into putting out fires and get up earlier if you have to. When I was still training people and I wanted to build my online business, I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning, even though I didn't have to be up until about 5 or 10 after 5, because I really wanted to make improvements and change my situation. So that's really important. Uh, Somebody mentioned to me this week that what you do truly reflects your priorities in life. So if you want to get stronger and you go to the gym and all you do is cardio, your priority is not getting stronger. It's doing cardio and you have to take a look at that if your priority if you want to get ahead in life if you want to get more work done at the office but you show up late every day because you sleep in your priority is sleeping it's not getting ahead in life and that is the harsh truth so consider that and i'll leave you with a quote from Donald Trump who says you're not measured by how much you undertake by what but by what you finally accomplish so it doesn't matter if you have a million things on your to-do list all that really matters is what you have on your done list. All right, let's move into Friday. Facebook Friday, one of our questions this week was, what to do when you're tired and you don't want to work out? And so it kind of goes back to what I just mentioned. If you're tired and you don't go and work out, I mean, if you're just kind of tired and lazy and you don't go and work out, your priority is to go and watch TV or whatever else you do. Your priority is not work out. When I'm tired and don't want to work out, but it's a workout day and I have to travel the next day, I still work out. Because working out is my priority. So you have to make it a priority in your life. And the truth is you sometimes have to suck it up. That's what you have to do in life sometimes is suck it up. When I was down in Arizona this week, I was hanging around guys who had been in the Vietnam War, who had been in five wars since then. Hanging around people like that make you realize how easy you have it in life. And when you have to get up and do something, you realize that you should just suck it up and do it because you're hang- there's so many other people in the world right now, you know, soldiers in all countries in the world who are sucking it up and under a miserable existence and doing what they have to do. And a lot of us have grown soft and are not sucking it up, and that's what we need to do. So if you want to make this a priority in your life, You do it, you make it a priority, and you get it done. You should have rituals. You should have planning. You should know what you're going to do. You should know that if you come home from work every Monday and you're often too tired to feel like working out, then you should change your life. Change your life design so that you either work out first thing in the morning or you don't train on Monday. You work out on Sunday. Change your life. Design it so that there isn't these situations that come up. That's what you need to do. All right, Men's Health Fitness Challenge number three. Well, it's number four if we include the two upper body from Monday. But this one is very—it's the toughest one for me. Well, it's as tough as a push-up one, maybe tougher. A six-minute mile. Now, I've been able to do this. I've done this in years past. And the most recent time I did it was maybe two years ago without any training. Just showing you that if you maintain low body fat, that you don't have a lot of dead weight to, to move around, you stay active, you stay strong, and you train with turbulence training superset style programs that you're going to be able to maintain a very high level of cardiovascular fitness as well. Very much so. A surprise to a lot of people, but you can do it. I'd probably be at a seven-minute mile right now, maybe six and a half on a treadmill, but seven on running on the ground around the real track. But if you can run a six-minute mile or under... Very good, your men's health fit, but make sure you can also do those vertical, or those uh, long jumps and those strength training exercises as well. If you want to improve, the first thing is to lose the dead weight, lose the body fat. Do your interval training. With turbulence training intervals, you'll improve at something that's as short as a six minute mile. And then you also need to be careful and use a good program that you don't get an overuse injury. So if you want to improve your running, don't go out and run every day. You're going to get an overuse injury. Use a properly designed program. All right, now let's move into Social Support Saturday. We've got 30 minutes of fun activity. And I want to give you another quote. This one is, never, never sell yourself short. And that's from Dr. David Schwartz and his book from the 60s, which is called The Magic of Thinking Big. It's it's kind of an entertaining read because as you go through it, uh, you realize a lot of the examples are talking about people moving into the suburbs in the 60s as if this was something novel. So it's quite interesting, uh, to the language and the examples they give in there, which is a very Wonder Years style, if you remember that TV show. And so uh, still a good book. And uh, in fact, I'm going to share with you over the next few weeks some of the 60-plus books that I read this year, and hopefully we'll hit another 10 before the end of the year. So The Magic of Thinking Big was one of them. And... Other books along the same line, uh, Acres of Diamonds by a guy named Richard Conwell. I think it was Conwell. It might be Cronwell. Uh, that was a good book, just showing you that often the grass is not greener on the other side, among other things. I believe Acres of Diamonds was a speech written by a pastor back in the 30s or 40s, and so it's recommended. Another book, this one is wonderful for your teenage kids if you have them. Uh, or any other young people listening. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon, and it's a bunch of fables about money management. So it's an excellent book for your teenagers. They will definitely get a lot out of it compared to a lecture from you. Um, Another book that I read this year is by Richard Wiseman, and I've quoted a lot of his research in these calls. The book is called 59 Seconds, and he basically tries to review research studies in 59 seconds or less, And a lot of them deal with overeating and the food triggers. So if that's a big problem for you, you're going to want to read that book. There's a lot of very interesting psychology in it as well. And then the last book I want to share with you is called The Dan Sullivan Question. And I just read this book yesterday. Uh, I was introduced to this uh, man, Dan Sullivan, at a coaching program called Strategic Coach, which helps you plan out your life and and do all sorts of wonderful things with the rest of your years. And uh, among other things... He helped me realize I have another 90 years left here on planet Earth, uh, if everything goes right. So I plan on living to 125 and seeing the entire 21st century through completion. And I know that sounds crazy, but I I really do believe that, especially with the advances we're making in health and longevity these days. Just imagine where we'll be in 30 years from now, as long as the world doesn't blow up. And I think uh, a lot of people listening, you should really set your expectations higher with the health and fitness information you're getting here plus the longevity stuff that they're doing in the world. Uh, But the Dan Sullivan question contains a series of about three to five short questions which will help you really look at the next three years of your life quite differently. And you can literally read this book in about 45 minutes. It's very, very helpful, and I highly recommend the question that he poses in there and the description of how to answer it properly. So. Hopefully, you can find that book online. Uh, You may find that at strategiccoach.com or strategiccoach.ca. It's a uh, Canadian-based program. And finally, let's get into Sunday, Plan, Shop, and Prepare Day. We'll do one more nutrition review. This one is a study from the Nutrition Journal, October 2010. It's called Caffeine, Not Just a Stimulant. And the subtitle, or basically the premise is that there's a lot of benefits of caffeine consumption, And these researchers did an extensive literature review, and they found that moderate amounts of caffeine increase energy availability, and by that they mean the release of fat from fat stores. And it also increases daily energy expenditure. However, after those two, you probably think caffeine is going to help you lose fat, but there's a lot of research studies that show caffeine does not cause weight loss. So people think, hey, caffeine burns calories. It liberates fat from my fat stores. But if you take a look at long-term weight loss studies, there's no effectiveness of caffeine on weight loss. But it does decrease fatigue, it will increase your mental alertness. Um, funny thing is, is, there's a lot of studies on Red Bull showing you that Red Bull keeps you alert, which really isn't rocket science to anybody that's had a can of Red Bull. But it does not give you wings, uh, literally. Okay, it also decreases the sense of effort associated with physical activity. So you may have had a coffee and gone out and did landscaping and found that you just rocked it, and that's what it does. It enhances some aspects of physical performance and motor performance and even thinking, as many, many people know. Keeps you alert, wakeful, decreases mental fatigue, quickens your reaction time, quickens your accuracy of reaction, it gives you ability to concentrate and focus attention, Improves your short-term memory, ability to solve problems, ability to make correct decisions. And they conclude that it's otherwise healthy in non-pregnant adults. So really, there's a lot of benefits to caffeine when used properly in moderate amounts. Now, the biggest problems with caffeine are that it causes tremors and upset stomach in some people, insomnia, if consumed at the wrong time of day. And probably the worst side effect is that people that over-consume caffeine that are at a greater risk of anxiety. And uh, for me personally, too much caffeine makes me very anxious, but a little bit of caffeine gives me a lot of those benefits. So sometimes I'll drink green tea, but I'm not a coffee guy yet. So that's the truth about caffeine. In case you were wondering why I don't drink coffee, it's just a personal decision. All right, that's it for this week. Just about out of time here. Next week I'm going to bring you bench press boosting tips, a research review about the scary truth about inactivity, a Facebook Q&A on the best supplement for fat loss, a nutrition research review on krill oil versus fish oil, and the classics that I've read in 2010. That's what we're going to talk about in our book review section. So I look forward to speaking with you next week. This is Craig Valentine from Com and ttfatloss.com. Happy Halloween and continue on with another seven days of fat burning. Bye-bye, everyone.